News of the day, Ime Udoka, the head coach of the Celtics, suspended for a year. The Celtics' ownership, Rick Krausbach and Brad Stevens earlier today came out and spoke about it for the first time, did not provide a whole lot in terms of details on it, as you would expect, given any legal ramifications that could be involved. But nonetheless, you get a little bit more of a feel of what's going down. So let's talk more about this from just getting a, a, a different perspective from Jay Williams, of course, of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. And we appreciate it, Jay. On a Friday afternoon, you're giving us a few minutes. It's Canty and Carlin. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Carlin. How you doing, brother? You taking care of my guy, CeCe? We're doing the best we can. I think the other. I think the question it really should be to him about taking care of me, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Jay, first of all, just give me your impressions from what you saw today from – from Wick Grousebeck and, and from Brad Stevens and what they had to say? Yeah, I, I saw a lot of uneasiness. Um, I, I I text Brad just kind of saying I was really impressed with the way he handled it, especially the way he spoke up for the women in his organization, which is something that I thought needed to be said. And it seemed like a very complicated, detailed matter in which uh, due to different legalities, they weren't able to discuss, which is was my feeling from the beginning about this, Carlin. Um, you know, look, being around a lot of businesses, uh, infidelity occurs, right? Um, now, typically, even if there are stipulations in somebody's contract about rules that should not be broken, let's be real about this, right, CC? Like, this team was just in the world championship last year. They're considered one of the favorites to get back there again this year. In the world of sports culture in which we live, in which teams are willing to win at any cost, if you have a guy like this that is able to get the best out of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, if something that happened that was just, okay, this happened, it was wrong, you broke a team rule, what, are you, you're suspended, you're fined for maybe a, a game or two, maybe you have some kind of fine, but to put this suspension into perspective, Carlin, I mean, Ron Artest for Malice in the Palace got suspended for a year from the NBA. So when I see a suspension for a year, it automatically leads me to the conclusion that there's a, there's a lot more here than what we're hearing. Now, I don't know how it gets leaked, uh, but to me it seems like the Celtics go into protective mode to a degree and maybe to – once again, this is where I get afraid because it turns into speculation. I don't know all the details, but mm. from some of the conversations I've had, this is way deeper than a lot of people are just giving credit to. Jay Will, I caught you back and forth with Stephen A. Smith this morning on First Take, and he intimated that this is something that happens not just in the NBA, but throughout professional sports organizations uh, across the country. And one of the things that uh, he suggested was that the Boston Celtics handled this privately as opposed to making it a public matter and you know discussing the fact that they brought in a law firm to do an independent investigation and to suspend Ime Adoka rather than to fire him. And I know you felt the way about that. I wanted to ask you, in reality, because of the position that Ime Adoka's in, being the head coach and de facto face of the franchise, and having just taken his team to the NBA Finals, is something like that even possible to keep it private in that way? That's what I'm saying, CC. Like, first off, look, we're all we're all in a position like this, 
Um, you know, like you have to be careful who you take pictures with, careful who you fraternize around, careful who you talk to. This is the world we live in. So, like, I, I did not want that to come off like somebody was making excuses for Amy Udoka. Like, he is a grown man, and this is a byproduct of the industry in which we work in, first and foremost. Number two, you know, from somebody who does a lot of business, he'll say, oh, you sign an NDA, that's over. People bring NDAs all the time, okay? Hmm. Like, NDAs are a very slippery thing. So that's number two. And number three, I, I don't I don't know how you keep something like this internal. CC, we ask questions for a living every single day. Um, we read. We are thorough. You're telling me if out of nowhere, Emi Yudoka is just gone due to personal it, it, that's never going to be it. People are going to dig. People are going to find out. I, I disagree with Stephen A. I'm, and once again, I'm not condoning or saying out loud that the Celtics have leaked this. Uh, according to Wick and Brad Stevens today, they said they did not. But there is a thing in business, too, where sometimes you have to do damage control and get in front of something and deal with it head on, especially if it can internally reflect negatively against your organization. The first question I asked today was, is this a byproduct of the culture of the Celtics organization? Like, is there more here? So if, uh, if an employee puts you in that situation, you have to protect the organization first and foremost, and I think that's what we saw the Celtics do today. Jay Williams, of course, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, good enough to give us some perspective on this. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. So earlier we had Gary Washburn on, who covers the Celtics for the Boston Globe, and he flat out said that uh, this was something that was going on for a while and that Ime had been warned about um, whatever it is that has happened. But I think we all agree, we, we know that this is more than just an affair. But, Jay... It seems like this is going to be a very difficult thing for Ime to come back from with this team when they say his future is up the air. For me, it's getting a little bit harder to believe that he's going to be coaching the Celtics a year from now. Am I am I naive on that or no? No, I, I think you're uh, you're pretty accurate. It, it does lead to the question, uh, you know, why suspend him for a year? That was that was a very vague statement today by Wick when he said, yeah, you know, we're going to come back and revisit this a year from a now. And Cece, I just asked myself, but what, why a year? What exactly occurs in a year? And that is to a degree where I, where I agree with Stephen A. If, if you know this does not or this misrepresents the way you hold your franchise to that standard, why are you keeping a hold of him? Why have you not fired him? Um, that's a legit question and concern that I have. Jay Will, I, I wanted to ask you this question because not only do you talk about the NBA, but you cover all sports, including the NFL. And, and thinking about what we've seen from the NBA this week with how the Boston Celtics have handled Ime Adoka violating team rules and how we've seen uh, the NBA's response to Robert Sarver moving forward with selling the team and no longer having the privilege of being a part of the NBA when you think about that in comparison to what we've seen from the NFL with how they've handled the Washington Commanders investigation or what's happened with Deshaun Watson, comparing and contrasting the two sports leagues, how does today's events or this week's events reflect on both entities? I think that's a great question, CC. I'll tell you, when the Robert Sarver news came out, I was doing an interview for NPR, and I said, today makes me feel extremely proud to be a former NBA player. 
because once again, I feel like, and I'll say this <laughs> with so much conviction, CC. I feel like the NBA is everything the NFL is not. I, I, I firmly believe that. And, you know, when a minority owner of an NBA franchise like the Phoenix Suns comes out and speaks out on the team, that doesn't lead to Robert Sarver buying him out of his minority stake and just continuing to move on with business. There is pressure applied. And granted, the faces in the NBA are maybe a little bit more well-known other than some of the quarterbacks that's known for being a more progressive league. But when I look at the Daniel Snyder situation and I see that, you know, multiple minority owners spoke up and then Daniel Snyder buys them out and it goes on as business as usual. And I'm not saying he has no good things with bringing in Jason Wright there, who, you know, is one of the first black executives in the league. I, I, and I like Jason Wright a lot. But it's just like, oh, just keep on moving along and it's okay as long as you win. And uh, once again, it makes me extremely proud to be a former NBA player when I see the way the league has handled these type of situations. Jay, well, last one for me. Uh, if you're Joe Missoula here uh, or you're one of the players in that uh, locker room, what do you do to try to you know, rally the troops here and set a tone now for what this season is going to be? Well, look, I, I think for Joe, and I've known Joe since he's been at West Virginia playing basketball there. Um, you know, He was obviously with their G League team for a while, too. He relates to players. There, there's a special similar trait that he has um, that reminds me a lot of Emi Yudoka with how he connects to players. And I think you heard Brad say today, having somebody like Brad Stevens that can serve as somewhat of a you know, de facto mentor in his position and having his staff on board, I think it's imperative. But you know, I'm not going to lie to you guys here. It, it, it's a huge loss for this organization. You talk about Robert Williams having his second knee surgery in a span of six months. Huge loss for this organization. And he is the energy. He is the spirit of this team along with Marcus Smart. And as much as I like Joe, uh, I think this sets them back uh, a marginal way in the Eastern Conference with the Nets, with the Milwaukee Bucks, with the Miami Heat, with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I, I think this hurts them dra- drastically. Jay, we appreciate it, man. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for popping on. All right, boys, I'm going to have a glass of wine for you tonight. There it is. There it is, my guy. All right, brother. Jay Well, of course, Keyshawn Jay Well and Max, uh, mornings 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. And the one thing he said there, what you asked him about, yeah, was man. absolutely phenomenal between the NBA and the NFL. Yeah, and his response saying, you know, today in this week, he's proud to be an NBA player as opposed to an NFL let's, player. Let's be clear, it took a couple of days there with Sarver to get there, but they got there. Well, they did, but yeah. I think the pressure applied by LeBron James, by CP3, and by internal leadership within the Phoenix Suns led to Robert Sarver mm-hmm. coming to the conclusion that we weren't going to let this go until you decided that you were going to sell. Because it is a privilege, not a right, to be a part of the NBA and to be a governor of one of these teams. And it is frustrating to watch the NFL sometimes handle these things the way they do. Carlin, I'm just sitting there thinking about how the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver allegations were handled. They hired Wachtell Lipton, one of the most reputable law firms in the world, to launch the investigation. And then they got the findings. The commissioner issued a a punishment, which was about as heavy-handed as he could unilaterally without the other governors in the NBA getting involved. But they made a statement. 
and and they were as transparent as they could be with the findings from the report. In comparison to the Washington Commanders investigation, Carlin, they hired Beth Wilkerson from D.C. to do an investigation, and, and Carlin, they didn't have a written report. That just goes to show you the differences between the NBA and the NFL. And I got to say, if you're in the NFL, you should be embarrassed. We'll delve into that a little bit more next. And your take on the Ime Adoka situation at 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper Nation call-in line, 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. It is just fascinating to me the difference that exists between the NBA and the NFL and everyone else, frankly, at times. Yes. In the way the league handles things. Now, initially I was disappointed in Adam Silver really for the first time with the Robert Sarver stuff. But then ultimately the right thing happened and it didn't take all that much. So it didn't have to come off like he was punishing him again. He, It might have even been his plan all along to let everybody else apply the pressure yes. to get him out of the league. Because once LeBron said it, once CP3 said it, you knew the other owners are going to say it because they don't want his stink all over them. No. Let that happen and let that play out to force him out of the league. I, I just think the NFL, time and again, handles these things so poorly and tries to bury them or makes the wrong determination on what a punishment should be and you find out later more details or there's a videotape later or other things that pop up and they end up having to change course because they are so concerned every last second with the public perception versus doing the right thing. And while the NBA is clearly worried about public perception, they would rather err on the side of being too harsh and doing the right thing initially. No, you're right. And I think the NBA is reactive to the actual incident. The NFL is reactive to public sentiment. And there's a difference, Scarlett. Yeah. There really is. Because the NBA, not only are they looking at it from a liability standpoint, because every major corporation looks at it when it comes to misconduct from any of its employees. They all look at it that way. But it's also, what are the implications in terms of our entertainment product? And having the public's trust 
in terms of what we stand for and being on the forefront of change with a lot of different social issues that matter to the people that consume our products. And so when you look at the situation with Robert Sarver and the Suns and the NBA launching that investigation with Wachtell Lipton, when you look at what happened with Ime Adoka and the inappropriate relationship with a female staffer at the Boston Celtics and that potentially jeopardizing the workplace environment and the Celtics hiring that firm, like it says something that they're willing to go to these lengths and then they issue these this form of discipline that's viewed as heavy-handed and has risen to the level where we're actually willing to remove owners from their position, take well, not take away their teams, but force them to sell their teams where they're no longer a part of the NBA. That's saying something. To my knowledge, Carlin, there's only been one NFL owner that has been forced to sell a team because of his own misconduct, and that was Jerry Richardson with the Carolina Panthers yeah. because he was involved in sexual harassment with a female staffer. But it, we've heard about the, the the issues with the Washington Commanders, and Carlin, the unfortunate thing about it is there is no written report from the investigation that was done by Beth Wilkerson that was in part from the NFL and the Washington Commanders. There was no written report about the misconduct that took place in the Washington Commanders organization for the better part of two decades. Think about the toxicity in that type of workplace environment. And we're not going to have a written report? You don't want a written report because you're afraid of the names of the individuals that are involved being leaked? You want to provide them some degree of anonymity? You don't think the NBA is concerned with that same issue? With the, with the employees that were involved with the Suns? With the employees that are involved with the Boston Celtics? They were concerned with those same exact issues, but they found a way to keep a lid on those names while addressing the issue and issuing the appropriate discipline. Now, Carlin, as far as I'm concerned, I have a hard time taking the NFL at face value when they tell me the measure of discipline that was doled out is appropriate. They don't get that benefit of the doubt from me they've because, they, because they've bungled it so many different yeah. times. Whereas when we look at the NBA, when we look at what Adam Silver's done during his tenure, I will defer to him. I will defer to the NBA clubs what Whit Grusbeck said today when he said, we felt like this was in alignment with what the, the actual behavior was and it warranted this type of suspension. I give them the benefit of the doubt because they have all of the facts of the case. So I, I just... It, it, when you look at the contrast between the two leagues, you know, Jay Will said it, and it, it hit me a little bit differently because I'm a former NFL player. He said this week he's proud to be an NBA player because of how those separate NBA clubs handled these difficult issues as opposed to how we've seen NFL teams handle issues when it comes to misconduct, whether it be player misconduct, coach misconduct, or owner misconduct. I'll tell you what. If you heard, if you didn't hear what Jay had to say, we'll play back a couple of clips later on. But that's why you listen to Jay in the morning because you know those those guys give you a great perspective. But Jay uh, on that topic was absolutely fantastic. Again, yeah. weekdays six a.m. to ten a.m. Not to be a a promo, but like that's the kind of stuff that you get from Jay that you really don't get other places. It, it's so insightful. It's fantastic. But it's embarrassing as a former NFL player, Carlin. It yeah, really is. I'm sure it is. It really is embarrassing. And to sit here and think, man, Ime Adoka is being suspended for a year for what we believe to be a consensual relationship with a female staffer. Think about, think about this. Deshaun Watson only is suspended for 11 games. Robert Kraft with misconduct only hasn't been suspended at all. 
Dan Snyder. Oh, yeah, we made, him, we, we made him go away for a year, but he still controls the team. And he's, been, he, and he's been accused of sexual harassment himself, not to mention a toxic workplace environment. All I'm saying is when you point at all these different things, it, 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 it just doesn't feel right that the NFL has turned a blind eye to a lot of these issues. Canty and Carla, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Hey, kick off football season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY to get in on the action. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Respect it. Or check it. With Kansky and Carlin. Respect it or check it. Respect it or check it. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The announcer said, respect it. Or it's, check it. it's respect it. It's with a K, not a T. Right. Respect it or check it. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah, need to I, get I, that I, cleaned up. Absolutely. Now, this is... We're about the details. This is something that pays a bit of an homage to Steven Jackson, one of my homies. He has the podcast, All Them Smoke. And mm-hmm. this is one of his key phrases, respect it or check it. Exactly. And he gave, he gave the Brody permission to use it, so that's why we're incorporating it into Canty and Carlin. And what better way to do it with football season in week three? Come on now. I respect it. Oh, my gosh. Dear God. (laughs) So, with that in mind, Devin Kane will be our host of Respect It or Check It. The floor is yours, Devin Kane. All right, let's do it. Canty, you're up first. The Buccaneers are the team to beat in the NFC. Are you going to respect it or check it? Oh, Dev, as much as I want to respect it, I can't. I got to check it, man. It's not the Bucs. And as much as I respect that defense, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. 
The Philadelphia Eagles are the team to beat right now. They are the most complete team. The biggest question mark we had coming into this season was what the quarterback was going to be and could he evolve. And so far through the first two weeks, he's checked those boxes. But when you look at it, they have the best offensive line in football, one of the best receiving cores in football, one of the best run games in football, and a really top-notch defense. There, there, There is no glaring weakness when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe if you want to point to the question mark around coaching, I could buy that. But Nick Sirianni took this team to the playoffs in year one. So, I'm going to say the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. Oh, you better check. You are 100% correct. And you know how I know you're 100% correct? Because I said it three weeks ago. Oh, hello. (laughs) What we got next, Dad? (laughs) All right, Carlin. The AFC West is overrated. Are you going to respect it or check it? Uh, Check it. Let's not get nuts after two weeks about the AFC West. There are things I'll get nuts about, but that's not it. The AFC West is still a really good division. It's still a really good division. Now, I would think that we could call it overrated midseason if you see one or two of these teams really fall off dramatically, but I don't expect that to happen. I think what we're going to see is this: these teams beat up on each other, and you may have four teams that are somewhere falling uh, between seven or eight wins and 11 wins. You're going to have four teams that are pretty evenly matched. Check it. No, I'm going to check it. The AFC West is not overrated. Next. All right, Canty. The Dolphins will make the playoffs. Respect it or check it? (sighs) I'm going to respect it. Mm. I think the Dolphins have a chance to be a wild card team. Uh, That is the progression. They've been flirting with being a wild card team for the last couple of years now. And so I, I think this is the year that they take that next step and and listen, Tyreek Hill has clearly made a difference. There's some continuity on the defensive side of the ball because even though they switched coaches, they did not switch defensive coordinators. Personnel-wise, they got a couple of young up-and-coming stars. Javon Holland, if you don't know who he is, just wait a little while because the guy is a baller. But I, I got to respect it, man. I, I think they're going to be better than, than I initially thought coming into this season. Still don't trust the quarterback, but I do trust the supporting cast around him. They are a playoff team. Check it out. See ya. Not making the playoffs. Wow. Not on board. Nope. See ya. Bag it. Hell Next. no. All right, finally. <laughs> Carlin, Kenny Pickett will eventually replace Mitchell Trubisky this season. Are you going to respect it or check it? Oh, I respect it. And it should be sooner rather than later, but I'm frustrated with Mike Tomlin on that front. Should be this coming week if we're being real. But it's not going to be. I mean, based on what he said already, unless he changes his mind after having watched the tape and realizes that, you know, Mitch Trubisky is not good at football, then maybe it'll happen. But here's my real problem with it, though. It'll happen this year. But Kitty, like, the stretch after that is brutal. You don't really have a great place to put him in after that until, like, week 11 or 12. Yeah, I mean, you, you might as well wait till the bye week if you don't replace him this week. And it doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin is going to do that because, Carlin, to your point, the schedule after this week's game, week four's game against the Jets, you're at the Buffalo Bills, home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at the Miami Dolphins, and at the Philadelphia Eagles. Where's the soft place to land? I, I mean, I just, I don't make sense. I, he'll, he'll be the starting quarterback eventually, so I'm going to respect it, but I don't know what Tomlin's waiting on. Canton Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Uh, you know that it's not particularly easy to make the playoffs when you start the season 0-2, which is, it's happened before, but it doesn't happen very often. 
So which 0-2 team most needs to find their way back and get a win this weekend? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So Aaron Judge this weekend continues to pursue Roger Maris's American League home run record. Last night came within about four feet, but came up just a little bit short. Mm-hmm. And so still sitting uh, on 60, trying to get to 61. The reaction on social media was crazy, by the way. Yeah. With him coming up just, what, four or five feet short of a home run? Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable how people were just waiting for Aaron Judge in that moment. It's a record that stood for, what, 61 years? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's excited. Everybody's waiting on it, man. So, this weekend, you've got the Yankees and Red Sox, and you've also got the games on Apple TV tonight, on Fox tomorrow, on ESPN Sunday night. So, there's been quite the kerfuffle in New York Mm. about not having the local broadcast on. Yes, they tried to cut a deal with Apple TV uh, to somehow get the broadcast on, yes, uh, and Apple TV said no, which which they should because Apple TV is, is what holding you paid for. They're holding a golden ticket. Yeah, yeah. This is what you paid for, and uh, there was also some speculation that uh, maybe they might try to work a trade and have Michael K work the game for Apple TV. He said, "I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to Stephen Nelson, who's going to mm-hmm. be calling the game tonight uh, with Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan," um, but. People bent out of shape about the fact that the game is on Apple TV tonight. Now, Apple TV is making it, uh, Apple TV Plus, I should say, is making it available for free on on their website, on their apps, and if you have Apple TV. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, so you don't have to sign up for the additional service in order to get it. Mm. But listen, to me, I, I get where people are upset about it, but... This is the new wave. This is what's been coming. And, you know, if they had Michael calling the game on Amazon Prime, which the Yankee games have been on Amazon Prime this year, 10 sure. or 12 of them, whatever yep. it is, yep. it would be fine. It, it, you know, Yeah, but for a moment like this, this is not your run-of-the-mill regular season game. This is an opportunity to witness history once in a lifetime, breaking the American League single-season home run record. And there are people out there, Carlin, that might not have a device where they can stream it off of Apple Apple TV's website or that have Apple TV or off of their cell phone. So that's what complicates it, and I can understand why there could be some people that are upset about it. Sure, I get it too. Uh, The other thing too is nobody can do live look-ins on it either because they they look at it as a national game. I'm such a horrible Speaking guy. Speaking of which, we're talking about a lot of 0-2 teams in week three. 
that better do exactly what you just said or they're going to have some problems. <laughs> Weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you can save. I can't repeat what I said. Yeah, that's that's for behind the scenes. We yeah. can't take that to the airwaves. Yes, I'm... But people can imagine what you said about what needs to happen. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, <laughs> ESPN Plus. I, I don't even know if they can imagine. They what can't, you know what? If they can't imagine, just reference Tyreek Hill and what he said about Tua after the Baltimore Ravens game with the wheelbarrow, right. and you'll get an idea of what we're talking go. about. That that offers some clarity. There to you my go. Statement. Just a little. Let me paint the picture for you, shall we? <laughs> I have learned not to put things in writing. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like Roger Goodell and the Washington Commanders. Well, not quite. But okay. Yeah. If you don't put it in writing, it doesn't really exist. We've got three. And two teams left. We've got the Bengals, we've got the Raiders, we've got the Titans. Now, Raiders and Titans do meet up this weekend. So one of those two teams, well, unless there's a tie. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> with those two teams. Oh, two and one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with those two teams, who knows? Chris, who needs it the most? Raiders, Bengals, Titans. I mean, they all need it. At first blush, I wanted to say the Cincinnati Bengals because they're playing the New York Jets. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the Jets aren't competitive or competent because we saw what they did in the last two minutes of that game against Cleveland in week two. But this is a team that beat the Bengals last year in MetLife Stadium with Mike White as their quarterback. The Jets are poised to have Joe Flacco as their quarterback, a backup, going up against them this, this week. That can't happen again, losing – in games in that stadium uh, against backup quarterbacks, especially with an upstart Jets group. This is a team in the Cincinnati Bengals that went to the Super Bowl last year. Those guys have a lot of confidence. This is the time where you need to have some of that professional pride kick in. I want to say it's the Bengals, Carlin, especially with what they got after this. But if you look at the Raiders, they're in the AFC West. They got to bank wins outside of their division in order to have a chance to be in the wild card picture. So if they don't get this game against the Tennessee Titans, it could be a problem for them in terms of being able to get back to the postseason. Yeah, it definitely could be. Right now, the Raiders are two-point favorites going into Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I I think it's the Raiders. I, I really do think it's the Raiders. Because, Chris, I do think they are better than they have played so far. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to even be competitive in the AFC West, which I think they will... This is one that you have to have. And you and I have been talking about this for a good month and a half. The downfall of the Titans. Yeah. Like, this is now the beginning of the end for the Titans. And if you get to 0-3, what's all the talk going to be? Malik Willis. No question. And that's coming. So, with all of that in mind, I think this is a year where the Titans are going to find themselves on the downslope. I don't think that's the case with the Raiders. They may not be headed up, 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 but... I think they're good enough to be a, a good middle-of-the-road team, even in the AFC West. They should be, but I'm surprised that their offense hasn't been able to get on track and be one of the more explosive outfits in the NFL. I mean, the Devontae Adams trade, I thought, put them over the top. He's a true number one receiver. You can argue that he's the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, you heard Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson talking about looking up to Devontae Adams as the standard. So the fact that that offense only produced, what, 24 yards passing in the second half of that game against the Arizona Cardinals? Brutal. How is that even possible, Carlin? Brutal. And then then you saw they had their struggles against the Los Angeles Chargers in week one. That offense has got to do more. We know the Raiders' defense is a work in progress, but you got an offensive head coach, 
You got a quarterback that took him to the playoffs against all odds last year. You got Darren Waller, who's one of the very best tight ends in the NFL. And you got Hunter Renfro, who's arguably the best slot receiver in the NFL. Not to mention Josh Jacobs in the backfield. At some point, that offense has to get it going because they got to win the day for the Raiders. And until that happens, we're going to be talking about the Raiders underachieving. Now, I wouldn't say the Bengals here because of the the cheer reason that even at 0-3, I look at their point differential, they're only minus six through two games. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about I, losing on a last-minute field goal yeah. from the Dallas Cowboys and a last-minute field goal in overtime against, against Pittsburgh. the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with that A being, game they should have won because they could have made an yep. extra point at the end of regulation. And the AFC North, I just don't think it's going to end up being that great. I think Baltimore is going to be pretty good. Okay. I think Baltimore is going to be pretty good. I, I need to see a major bounce back from their defense. Well, guess what? We will see that this weekend because so, we're calling that game. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. So Chris and I, in case you were unaware, on ESPN Radio on Sunday, will be calling the game between the Ravens and the Patriots in Foxborough. Sal Powell will be there as well uh, on the sideline for the game. How many games have you done over the years? Uh, about a handful of games. handful of games. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you work with a play-by-play announcer, have you worked with any that you would, and not naming names, that you would consider overbearing or hogging the airtime? No. Nobody has been Kobe that I've worked with so far. Okay. Buckle up. Here it comes. Really? Yeah. You're that guy. Give me the ball. Get out the way. So I'm going to have to fight for room in the booth, literally and figuratively. Yes. Wow. Yes. And you're trying to, and you're making me aware of I'm just, this. I'm preparing you. You're making me aware of this days before we actually have to do the game. Because I don't want it to be a shock and you're sitting there in the first quarter and I've said, and you've said three words and I'm like, what? 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 What's going on here? Wow. Here's how it goes when I'm in the booth. I do the, the Rutgers uh, football games in the New York area and I, and I've done some of these games. I've been fortunate enough to do them for ESPN. I think you could ask Sal Pal this. I think you could ask anybody else I've worked with this. I'm going to get mine. <laughs> like shoot here, or shoot, baby. Here is a... Shoot or shoot. Our, our show is a, part, is a partnership in every way, uh-huh. and I defer to you quite a bit on anything that... I, I, I know that you have more insight than me on. Wow. This, I got it. Wow. So just clear out. ISO Carlin. For uh, three and a half hours. So your wife is making the trip up with you. My wife and a couple of our friends are coming up too. So yeah. if you want to, halftime, go sit with them, sit downstairs, enjoy the third quarter, have a couple cocktails. <laughs> and then come back up. Yeah, come back finish. up in the fourth. We'll wrap it up and we'll put up a nice little bow on it. <laughs> You're a bad guy. You're a good teammate, but a bad guy. It's, uh, look, wow. There is an eye in Carlin. Wow. And I just want... I want to make sure that you understand what's coming because right. it's a it's a different dynamic. Well, I just hope you know that this is I think this is the first time. No, this is the second time that I'm calling a game for one of my former teams. Really? So I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you with the excitement that's around the Baltimore Ravens this year, I may or may not step on a couple of your calls. Uh, you're going to step on me. Come on. I'm just saying. 
Oh. I'm just saying, I may or may not step on a couple of your calls. I don't know if it's going to be Tony Romo, he's going to score Jim level, but but it may be here's a what, couple of instances where I step on the call, especially if Lamar Jackson does something like we saw last okay. week with an 80-yard touchdown. Here's run. what I don't want you to do. What's that? If Justin Tucker is lining up for the game winner, and I am setting it up, and I quite haven't quite gotten there yet in, in saying it, don't say it's good before I say it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's Tucker. Yeah, what he said. <laughs>